Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers Podcast. Welcome to episode 32 of the podcast. I think we got a pretty decent one here. We're actually just going to cover uh, one game uh, because of the, the size of the game and the, the amount of stuff we, we kind of want to talk about. It's a game we've played a lot recently. But uh, before we get into that, I'm going to bust through our little social media preamble. Uh, it's, the e- it's easy stuff, even though we have the running gag of the names being all jacked up. Everybody probably thinks that's annoying, I'm sure, but we think it's funny because mm-hmm. we think stupid stuff is funny. Uh, you can, of course, find us on um, Facebook and Instagram. That's kind of where you can see the goings-on of the band. I kind of keep the uh, what the band of the podcast, <laughs> uh, keep the what the podcast is up to. I post what the podcast is up to on the Facebook, and Blake posts art and other fun things on the Instagram. The uh, Facebook is just the name of the podcast, easy enough to find. The um, Instagram is the name of the podcast, but the number the number two or just two smoking controllers mm-hmm. to find the pod, uh, find it on Instagram. Then we have um, uh, Reddit that I never, basically never use uh, because I just, I forget about it, let's be honest. But that's the word, two smoking controllers, you can find it on there. And then we have uh, the Twitch, which is the same thing, the word, two smoking controllers, right? Was that correct? On Twitch, yes. <laughs> Twitch, Twitch is two smoking controllers. Blake streams occasionally. You know, we still want to stream more, so we'll figure that out at some point. It's just hard to set this stuff up with our his weird work schedule. Um, then there is the last two things would be the um, Spotify uh, playlist with all the, all the bands that are on there, all the bands that we've played so far on there. I'll be adding the the band for today. Will be added when I after I post this. I'll put the, the new band from today on there. And then the last thing is uh, that's. That you just search the name of the podcast, and both the podcast will show up on Spotify, and the playlist should show up as well. So just follow both of those, I guess. And then vi- finally, it's just the email address, which is two smoking controllers at Gmail. Is mm-hmm. that the number two? I think it's the word two. That's I think that's, that might be the word two also. So that's the Gmail. You could just write us if you want to, uh, to ask us dumb questions, or that's where you would write to. Uh, if we have any other giveaways, like we're still sitting on that one game. Uh, it's the number two. Oh, see, there we go. The, num- it's the, the number, number two, two smoke controllers at gmail <laughs> at gmail dot com. So you'll know that's where you can write us if you got uh, questions for me or Blake or one of the dogs. I don't know, or even Jessica. Actually, she would probably say something. Had a weird question for her because she. I'm trying to get her back into editing. We'll see if she, if I can her to edit this episode or not. Uh, other than that, I think that covers all the social media stuff. Does that sound right? Uh, I think so, yes. I ain't, got a, I ain't got a list in front of me. I'm going off the top of my head there. Easy All right. Reason. And with that, I'll let Blake take over for uh, the, the one game we're going to cover for this episode. All right. Today's game is it's called Remnant from the Ashes.
came out eight twenty. Was that August ninth? August twentieth, two thousand nineteen. Okay. I've got the numbers on my months. Um, its developer is Gunfire Games. Uh, you may remember them. I've spoken about them prior on another game called um, uh, Darksiders Three. Yeah. But Gunfire Games. Uh, I'll just plot through them really quickly. Uh, they were founded in 2014, and based out of Austin, Austin, Texas, they were most the majority of the team was from Crytek USA before it. Crytek, Crytek kind of dissolved, I think, a little bit. I think they're, so they're still around. I think a small, small piece of them. It, it says their studio closed, yeah. and so the majority of them came and formed Gunfire Games. They've made a couple of games. They they did the definitive version. Of Darksiders 2. They've also done something called Hero Bound. And that has a couple of iterations. There's Hero Bound Spirit Champion, Hero Bound Gladiators. I've never heard of that. What is it? Uh, I don't know. It didn't have a clickable link, but it's uh, Windows and it's VR gear. It's what it is. Oh, okay. It's all VR stuff. Then they did another game. This one I want to talk about The just kind of prior before we do anything. There's a game called Kronos. That they that came out and it was uh, for VR and Microsoft Windows only. Yeah, I know about it. There's a chance we're getting Chronos on the Xbox One. Not a chance. VR. That's what they're working on next. Oh, okay, it, they're trying to change. It's, it's a full overhaul for a console version to make it where they ha- see ain't gonna wear VR no more. Mm-mm. And it's uh, actually called Chronos Before the Ashes. Because technically speaking, I think it takes place in the same world. Oh, is Remnant? That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to bring it up. That's really cool, actually. Just a slight cool thing about Kronos, and then I won't talk about it anymore. But one of the cool things of Kronos is it takes place on inside a labyrinth, mm-hmm. and you're trying to kill a dragon. That's the whole point of the game. Yeah. But every time you get so far and you fail, you wake up outside the dungeon, and a year has passed, and you've trained. So your character actually ages, and as your character ages, you gain and lose attributes. Yeah, I remember reading about it. But so it sounds really cool. I read about it a bunch, and then it was like, play now on Oculus. And I was like, nope, well, never play this. But it does sound pretty cool, but it's sword, shields, and magic. Yeah. So that'd yeah. be... So that's because some of their... Uh, so they're clearly... Uh, I, I assume that plays like Dark Souls, mm-hmm. because they're clearly a fan of Dark Souls because of that, what you would think. And then when you kind of play... Darksiders 3, it's kind of the Dark Souls of Darksiders games in a way. It, can, yeah. it kind of plays that way you said a little bit, I think. And then as we as we get into Remnant now, uh, Remnant is, there's no way around it. Remnant is Dark Souls with guns. I mean. Oh, yeah. It's Dark Souls with guns, hands down. Yeah. So. But one last little bit about Gunfire Games is the founder was a gentleman named uh, David Adams. And he was originally... I'm not sure if you, I think maybe a co-founder, he was at least high up in uh, Vigil Games before that was dissolved. Yeah. But now it's kind of cool because Gunfire Games, matter of fact, the exact same month this game came out, in August 2019, THQ purchased the company. Oh, they obviously, yeah, Gunfire. THQ now owns Gunfire Games. Yeah, they just kind of absorbed them. Yeah. Oh, THQ Nordic. Let me be specific. THQ Nordic. Because yeah. they're not THQ anymore. But uh, it is it there with the moniker of THQ Nordic under gun, as Gunfire Games. They're all doing working on the overhaul of Chronos because they're excited for it. Yeah, it'd be cool. I'll be I'd be, I'd be excited to play it. 
And it's supposed to come out on on everything, Xbox One, PS4, Switch, as well as that Google Stadia, Strata, whatever Stadia. they call Stadia. I Stadia. Suppose. Now they're probably going to re- re- rework it for uh, new consoles so, a little yeah. bit, or just uh, just uh, boosts and stuff like that for the new consoles. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about that briefly, because it, cool. it's I pretty know, cool. I don't know they were the developer of Kronos. It says it has a release date of December 1st, 2020, but that's probably just a placeholder date because that yeah. seems to be the date they give anything, yeah. but we'll see. Cool. And like we said, the developer was Gunfire. It's an action role-playing third-person shooter Rolls-like. Ro- ro- Souls-like. Souls-like, yes. Or you start, uh, you really, I guess you start on Earth, right? And then the little, the little opening areas where you kind of run around and uh, shoot some of these little... Uh, uh, tree-looking dudes, mm-hmm. and you eventually, um, it, it, the game is really loose on story. You have a couple of conversations in the beginning, you're like, okay, we're, we're going to have a, a plot, and then it, it, it kind of, uh, well, the plot kind of fades to the background a little bit. That also goes to say that they are huge fans of the Souls-like, yeah, of, but, the, of, of the Souls series, because Souls is held in the handle the same way. If you want to learn the lore and the story, you have to read every description of every weapon, pick up every book, read. Yeah, I'm not everything. sure. I'm not sure if this game was as detailed as that was, but I don't. We think got to so. a point where we weren't even. I didn't even really care what the. We we're just playing the game. I didn't really care what the. What the story was playing the game and enjoying it. And the lore, it's interesting, but they kind of leave some of it behind, or they give they spoonful feed you a bunch in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then you get nothing for a long, for long a time. really, really long time. Yeah. So as you would you uh, you get off the little boat in the opening cutscene, you run to the little tutorial area, and it's kind of like in, in Dark Souls fashion, you fight, uh, you end up fighting until you get killed. Basically, yeah. there's a thing you can't win. Uh, and then you get rescued by some people, and you end up in the uh, the home the hu- uh, home homeworks, I guess, the home hub, the hub area, hub area of. Uh, Ward 13. Ward 13, yes. And uh, from there is where you meet a bunch of other people. Only a few that even really do anything. There's a bunch of NPCs hanging around. Uh, the main ones you really worry about is like there's a guy running a shop mm-hmm. who is, uh, you'll be talking to uh, the whole game all the time for oh, up- yeah. upgrading your equipment. And there's a woman on the other side who doesn't feel like talking. No. Every time you walk up to her, she says that. And uh, she's who you take, you get items. Uh, around mostly boss items when you beat bosses you get uh, pieces of bosses and they either make uh, weapon mods or actual boss weapons which is kind of cool so you'll be talking to her a bunch and then there is uh, two other shops there's a woman who sells uh, materials like there's a lot of iron there's iron and all it's very iron forged hard galvanized galvanized it's all the iron you need as it increases your weapon increases or armor increases in power you gotta use more higher grade iron there's her, and there's the other guy who uh, sells you uh, miscellaneous like, consumables. Consumables, yeah. So there's all kinds of status effects, and he sells the items to fight those off. He's I only ever bought one thing from him. I bought a bunch of an item from him, and then we beat the boss we were struggling with. I never had to use the item again. Yeah. And then there's one uh, creepy old lady who makes your... Uh, it's not flasks. They're called dragon hearts, but pretty much is your Dark Souls flask for healing yourself. Mm-hmm. Is this dragon heart thing, and she she's the one who helps you increase your how many times you can use your dragon heart. And then there's another dude. Well, then there's like the leader of the ward who's real important 
early on. She's the one who gives you like the key to access just, the she's world. Just, she's just a bit of the talking you get, and then you and then we literally never spoke to her again. After, yeah. after the after the intro stuff, you spend the rest of the game hunting down her grandpa who founded Ward Thirteen. But yeah. then you, you don't meet him till that's like the that, last cutscene of the game. That's the whole plot of the whole game is trying to find him. Uh, yeah. That's that's the 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 reason you're doing kind of everything you're doing. It seems, which we thought was uh, strange. I don't like the 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 one goal to push you forward to, but you're because you're seeing all kinds of craziness. But the whole the whole thing, your whole quest is just like find dude. Have you seen a thing that looks like me named Ford? And that's that's the only question you ever ask people. A human named Ford. So that's kind of so. So we're not. There's not a lot to say. About the story, there is something we're going to say here in a minute when it, when we talk about the uh, the quote unquote main threat of the game because the game kind of abandons it uh, yeah. rapidly. So um, you end up touching this. Uh, there's this big stone, which is kind of what do they call them? World crystal. The world crystal is what you end up. It's kind of there's big ones and little ones in the fashion that uh, it's. Just bon- it's, it's literally just a bonfire, let's be honest. That resets all the air- enemies in the area that you killed, fully heals your, restocks your ammo, fully does your healing, and if you have any sort of status effect, heals sure. that status effect as well. Yeah. So there's uh, big world crystals and tiny ones. Tiny ones just are just a resting point, and you can actually use them to leave dungeons, but you can't travel. And yeah, I, I think you can go to Ward 13, but the big ones are kind of like the big checkpoints of the world. You'll see the bigger, larger stones, and you can teleport from those. Those are your like your 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 uh, your hope, the big boy teleporters. I guess you travel from big stone to big stone. That's how you move around the world a little quicker. So there's one of those big stones that you end up activating in War 13, which apparently nobody's touched for years. I don't know what they've been doing all this time. Because it was on, only in only in case of emergency. Yeah. And she had the key from her grandfather, and she gave it to you since you were trying to get to where you were going. Yeah. So so you touch the stone there in the middle of Ward 13, and you're going to be warped. The first your options pop up, but the main, the first thing you can really do uh, is just travel. It says Earth, and you go to the first world stone of Earth. Or like City or something. It's got, it has, they have, everything's got names. Every, every, everywhere you go has a name of some sort, some desolate, sad name. Mm-hmm. Um but you may not know right away, because uh, I don't know if the game tells you, is the the game is, um, there's it's limited options, but the game is procedurally generated. Like, when you first start your campaign, uh, it's called rolling. It rolls everything that you're going to see in that campaign. So you're going to see certain things. Lots of, uh, there's different bosses, there's different maps, there's different events that can happen. And, uh... Didn't really like this because of the nature of it, what it what it makes you do. Because there's the campaign. Because once you roll your campaign, you're stuck with that whole entire campaign until you. We we didn't re-roll our campaign at all. I don't think until we beat beat the whole campaign. But then you have adventure mode, which you can re-roll each each of the planet. We'll, we'll get to the other the planet situation here in a minute. You used adventure mode to re-roll a planet, so you can try to get to the other events, which we which we eventually did. We re-rolled a bunch of adventures. And you run around the places, and you sometimes you see the same stuff, and sometimes you stumble into something you haven't seen before. Um, though I feel like, and you kind of agree, I feel like the kind of game the game knows where you've been, and when you re-roll an adventure, it tries to give you the stuff you haven't seen before. We did in 
just about every time we rolled, we did encounter something new mm-hmm. that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, we, th- we thought it was good luck, but it, then it continued. Like, we kept seeing everything we were missing, everything we wanted to find. Cause we, had, we Eventually, we, we played through the campaign blind, I feel like. For the most part. Like, and then you, we started we started rolling adventures. Blake was kind of looking up what we needed to do for the other stuff we were missing. Because with it being procedurally generated, that also means because you have purple and blue items that spawn on the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, blues are these just things to, called knowledge. tomes of knowledge, and that's just a free level up. Those are wonderful. And the purple can either be a trinket, which is just basically a necklace or something that you or, wear. Or a ring. Or two or rings, and sometimes it might be a weapon, but yeah. the weapons tend to be special events. Yeah, weapons are kind of hidden behind like a like a like a dungeon or something you have to do to get to the weapon. So yeah, uh, we guess we before you said we we talked we said two knowledge is a free level up. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the leveling up kind of works is strange because you don't necessarily level up. Um, your level is determined by which traits you have. You have all these different traits. I, we, we kept calling them perks because it's kind of what they are. Uh, first is like a health boost and a stamina boost, and then you have an experience boosting one, mm-hmm. which we want to level, which, which you want to level up right away, all the way to twenty. They max out at twenty, but your overall character level is is really just the levels, the combined levels of all your traits, and you're learning new traits all the time. Like you fire a, a weapon so many times, or well, that's not really one. No, because there are you, there are traits. You, I think there's an A trait from being. Every boss in the game, every boss drops a special trait for you. Every boss, every for, world, just, every world boss, yeah, the world boss, every the, world the boss, bigger bosses. Because the game is broken up into world bosses Heck, and even, dungeon uh, bosses. Yeah, and even doing some of the little side things where you find a weapon, you open a door, and it just gives you a trait for going in that direction. Sometimes, like you're getting traits all the time, and. Sometimes the trade's absolutely useless. Well, not really. No, oh, actually, every, I didn't find any. Every, every trait is advantageous, but but what we came to find out later is Blake eventually rerolled his character to only include the traits he really wanted for a certain build, and that really made his character uh, drastically stronger. Yeah. When he kind of because because when you get a trait, you're given an automatic free level in that trait. But then you can later when you, when you have all these traits and you're kind of like I don't know if I want this trait or that trait. I don't know if I really want it that bad. Like the 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 one we didn't we want was um, uh, climbing over stuff faster. Yeah, we did. That was um, fairly. But uh, when you re you re respect your character and it, it it'll make every trait zero, and then you can take all those free points you got in traits that you don't really need per se, and dump them into the traits you actually want for a particular character build, which was kind of cool. Blake had a uh, a much better idea of a character build than I did. He had a, like a critical hit character, which was kind of destroying everything. I was more of a a sniper, but my character build wasn't as as fun as his was to watch. Well, I'll go ahead and break this down since we're talking about weapons and stuff. You get you can equip up to three weapons at max. Mm-hmm. You get a short range weapon, yeah, like a like a offhand weapon, kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is usually like a uh, like we'll say like an Uzi, a pistol, a Magnum, you know, stuff mm-hmm. along that sort. Yeah, I used a Magnum pretty much the whole game. Then the long range weapon, which is your it's like it's, well, it's, it says long range weapon, but it's really just the big boy weapons like shotguns, assault rifles, um, brain work rifles. I mean, just yeah, big just rifles. rifles and stuff. And then like most, that. Uh, most, not all, most boss weapons are in that category. About the, half, well, uh, 
more yeah. than half because there's very few of the little uh, there's like three or four like sub weapons that are boss weapons and everything else is either a melee weapon or a, that is a big a bigger gun yeah. And they, you just said the other thing is melee weapon. Yeah. And there, those are fairly limited. There's, there's quite a few of them. It's just well, the, I mean, like style-wise, there's swords. Yeah, hammers. Hammers, flails, axe. 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 There's a scythe. There's one scythe. Okay, so they, okay, never mind. So there's, there's, there's some chain. There's a chain sword somewhere. I mean, there's I mean, there's lots of lots of cool stuff. I had a spear. Remember, I used a spear yeah. for a long time. So there's lots of uh, interesting things in the melee weapons. It's just the. The melees are. I mean, you te you technically can do a melee build. I mean, I'll, we we'll talk about it later. But the DLC gave you a. Uh, uh, so uh, you have rings. The DLC, one of the DLCs, gave you brass knuckles. So if you un unequipped your <laughs> melee weapon, your melee weapon, you do additional hand-to-hand uh, -hand damage, which I thought was really strange. Just brass knuckles. It was kind of funny. Because you don't want this stuff getting close to you, like like any like a soul. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's a shooting. It's a shooting game. So that, like when things get close to you, it's, it's things get dicey. For sure. And uh, speaking of like, we, this sounds weird because you have uh, melee and the guns and everything. The combat itself is very fluid a lot of the time. Like all the mess ups I did were my fault. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's just shooting in general for you. Yeah, because how it works is we played on Xbox, and if you you can't no scope, that's the thing. If you're not holding the left trigger to aim your weapon. And you just start smashing the right trigger. That's your uh, melee. That's your melee. But if you hold the left trigger to get your sights, and then that's when you can start using your gun. I think a couple other games have done that before. Maybe. Uh, I mentioned real before we get to that because we, we mentioned melee weapons. And I did kind of in passing. I mentioned in the traits stamina. Mm -hmm. You do have a stamina bar, which I feel like is unnecessary um, at, at points because I said how to, I, you have a melee weapon, but swinging your melee weapon doesn't doesn't take stamina. It does. No, it didn't. So my hammer did. I never did. I, I swing my, my weapon like my, my spears. Never touched my stamina. I think you, I think you might have just assumed it was because oh. you were dodging so much. Maybe it's only sprint, sprinting and dodging takes stamina. Swinging away melee, but never took stamina for me. Hmm. But that was a weird thing to even bother putting a stamina bar in. Now, granted, we say you stamina. I say a stamina bar is useless. It's a, an, an annoyingly key mechanic. I mean, I, I guess it's in there for difficulty because there's lots of times when you wanted to move and you can't move because you're. Stamina bar was all the way empty, so I mean, there's definitely stamina management in there, and traits attached to uh, raising the bar, and then uh, for regen and stamina cost, and all kinds of good stuff in there for stamina. Yeah, stamina regen, stamina cost, and stamina bar in general, stamina yeah. amount. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, lots of awesome traits. Yeah, the traits are the. the I mean, it's, that's how you look. So at your level, so it's 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 really cool to watch, see it, gather all the traits, and then. Never know what you're going to get next. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, like who you're going to talk to, what they're going to give you. You're just constantly getting, and every, every trait you get, you're like, oh man, that's awesome. And then you're trying to just get more and more traits and get more and more uh, powerful. I probably, I probably should have respect one more time before we before we kind of finished uh, finished playing. But uh, you want to get back to the the first map map, I guess Earth. Yeah, Earth. What do we want to talk about? Well, really, I mean, just really the, the first place we you mess around is Earth. And Earth, the whole Earth map is basically there's a couple of things. It's uh, a de the main the main thoroughfare is a desolate cityscape. Yeah, just a con a, like a post-apocalyptic concrete jungle. 
pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and they're and then uh, those lead to quote unquote dungeons, which most of the dungeons are uh, sewers. It's really just you go, you, you see a glowing sewer, you go in there, and it's going to be a dungeon. Dungeons either go you go through the dungeon and come out the other end, or dungeons will dead end and give you give you something like you'll fight a boss and it'll dead end and then you you bounce. You can hop. You can check. You can sit down at your checkpoint, and then one of the options is literally leave the dungeon. That way, you yeah. don't have to walk all the way back through. Uh, if you don't want to, if you want to for the experience, you're perfectly open to do that. So the thing about Earth uh, that doesn't apply to the rest of the game is on Earth you're fighting uh, the main bad guy of the game uh, called the Root, which is these uh, all these creatures and different things that are literally made of trees. It's it's what you think it is. It's roots and trees and wood and who were, uh, uh, I think this is where the, the the best game design is is some of the some of the uh, the design of the root enemies and some of the root bosses because there's a my favorite actually is a probably I think Scorch Singe Singe okay the uh, the root dragon uh, which is pretty a dragon you think made of wood that literally shoots fire at you it seems silly but uh, he looks really cool uh, and he flies even though he has a uh, his wings are just like outstretched roots. He somehow manages to fly. Yeah, it's... he flies into his intro. Jesus Christ! Um, and you see a couple other bosses that are um, there's um a, like a tumbleweed boss, which is one of the first bosses that really gave me and Blake a run for our money. He um, um, it just took so many. Um, fights trying to figure out how to beat that boss and that's nearly where we like I was like about we about had enough of yeah. the game like right there in the beginning because uh, you just you don't know what you're going to be fighting next in this boss and we're going to go into the bosses here in general uh, we can do it, and do it now or you going to do it a little later where we the, can do it now if where you the want. bosses are uh... <clears throat> so we ain't got a we ain't, we ain't got a rail on it very very long because We'll start with like Tumbleweed was really the first. I think we, I think we fought Scorch or Singe. Whatever his name is, Singe. Did we, we fight Singe before we fought the Tumbleweed? No, no, no. Because Tumbleweed is a um, he's a he's a world boss. He's a dungeon boss, not a world boss. So Singe is the world boss. Singe you have to beat. Well, Singe or the other guy you have to beat in order to beat the the Int. The Int. The Int's way easier. Well, is the Int easier than Singe? Not really. They're both about the same. Singe only has like really two attacks. A Singe would be easier. Uh, Trent does the the shock wave that hits completely around him. You can dodge all the stuff. Yeah, you, your yeah. dodge does. You you have a, you have a couple of frames of invincibility in your in your dodge, which helped. Um, the tumbleweed is where we got the first real taste of. Uh, and there's worse ones, so we'll talk about here real quick for a minute. Uh, first real taste of a uh, we we'll call it bad boss design, and the game um, suffers through this throughout. Because we've played lots of other Souls-like games. Um, there's uh, The Surge, uh, Lords of the Fallen. Uh, there's another shooting one, which I haven't talked about yet because I only played it on Gamefly for like a little bit. Chains of something, isn't it? Uh, I can't remember. Chains of Immortal. Immortal Chains Chain. and Bound or something like that. Yeah. That's a Gamefly game I'll, I'll be mentioning before too long. Uh, I didn't play it very long. But people who tend to make these Souls-likes... Um, a lot of them have been getting, like, mostly that company uh, who did uh, Lords of the Fallen and the Surge. Surge and just, Surge 2. And Surge 2 just make just make un, completely unreasonable bosses. Like, like it's just like, they, nobody can, and it's still, it applies to this game too, nobody can balance and create bosses like from software can. There's just, there's an art to it, I guess. I'm not saying it's impossible that nobody can, but it seems like so far that nobody can because... 
we quit playing all those other games for those other companies because the bosses are just completely unreasonable. Like we've, it's just like wild how crazy, how hard you can make something that's uh, clearly unfair uh, when it comes to. But when on Soul Series, everything's surmountable. Like it's nothing ever seems like you're never fighting a boss that I remember in any Souls game where you're fighting a boss and you're like that dude is freaking cheating. Like you can't. That's nonsense, man. Uh, which uh, some of that leads to. Uh, track like attack tracking and stuff like that like like attacks homing in when they shouldn't like a lot I, of those all of the souls games especially the earlier ones don't have so much one uh, definitely didn't but i think he started in two and three to have, two tracking. have more tracking where enemies like doing attack and it turns to hit you which is no nowhere near as pronounced in the souls game as it is in uh let's be honest in remnant um everything and every enemy does is homes in on you uh, it's it's to, to a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount we literally fought a boss it was a, a humanoid, kind of a giant rat. Yeah, it's a DLC. And he jumped in the air to do a, to do like a ground pound. But as he jumped in the air, he was charging the attack. And as he was hovering in the air, charging the attack, he just kind of followed me. And, and then t- came and, down. And he would turn as he as he came down. He would turn to hit you. Which is, I mean, by the DLC, we think we think we'd be used to it. But uh, cause we fought the game. This game does have. 50, 60, 70 bosses. I mean, there's a boss. Every, everything leads to a boss, whether it's a whether it's a dungeon boss or a world boss. We I mean, we're saying world bosses, like you know what, what know what that means. World boss are just the big bosses that you the big bosses that you can't skip. Yeah. Like a dungeon boss, you can be like, this ain't worth it. I'm leaving. Which yeah. we which we should have done. Now, granted, <clears throat> we beat as far as we know in the game, we've beat every boss in the in the in the main game. Oh yeah, in definitely. the main game we end up load. we end up looking them up and everything and a whole list of all the bosses. Eventually, we did beat all the bosses. We had one boss, which we'll talk about here in a minute. We actually had help from one of Blake's uh, friends at work to help us beat a boss, which was pretty much ending our Remnant playthrough. We'll talk about that boss here in a second. I, I'm not going to go into every boss, but as you're playing through Remnant, the general exploring, like, you, like I said, on Earth and stuff like that. Is the exploring is fine. You're fighting kind of grunts and different size enemies, different different classes of enemies, different weapons, flyers. Some have guns. Some just run at you. Some things run at you and explode. It's just like the general exploring and fighting is fine. It's fun. It's the, it was wonderful. It was I, yeah. And like it, the game's great about uh, paying off exploration. Like everywhere you go, you're going to find something to pick up, whether it be money or more iron. You need so much iron in the game anyway. Where you'll find chests, or you'll find, like you said, the trinkets lying around, the tombs of knowledge. Like, the game is extremely rewarding to people who actually dig around the maps and the, the multi. And these maps are multi-tiered, vertical. Like you can climb up things and go down things and go behind things and and all of that. But um, then you get to the bosses, and the bosses I feel like is where they kind of get things wrong. You start to find out that uh. There's extremely rare. I think you can count on one hand the number of bosses that you fight where the boss is by itself. They seem to think every single boss you fight needs to have layers of help with it. Um, and I think that's unnecessary. Like if, you're, if your boss design is good enough and designed correctly and you got the AI and you got their attack patterns where you need them to be, they shouldn't have to have the constant summoning of help. Every boss... Like I count on one hand the bosses you fight that are solo by themselves. Yeah. Every other boss in the game can summon infinite help. And it's non-stop of just enemies railing at you constantly. Like non-stop of enemies running at you while the boss is 
going off his attacks. I don't know even know if these bosses even have. Um, normally, the normal boss even have attack patterns because it's just hard to tell sometimes because of there's so much crap running at you, including uh, I said Singe. The tumbleweed is where, where things got real bad because of really quick because the tumbleweed himself is a little roly little roly around dude. Which he's pretty fast and quick and can hide underground and pop up and attack you. Pretty interesting on his own, I guess. But he's summoning non-stop help. Like non-stop for 15, 20 enemies running at you constantly. And it's not, it's not fun. There's no, there's no fun factor when it comes to fighting a boss like that. It's a desperate freaking struggle that's just irritating the crap out of you. And then it comes to the point where we're playing in co-op and if you... One of if one of us goes down, we can pick them up. But when you pick somebody up, and you get hit, it stops. So imagine trying to pick one of us up, and twenty enemies are badgering you while you're trying to pick up your other person. So we got to the point where, where and this and many other bosses, if one of us went down, it was the, the fight was done. There were a few times that one of us would go down and the boss was so close to dying and we were just gung-ho. Yeah, well, that was... Or the, our skills just sharpened to end superhuman well, that, that, levels. That's your, that's your one... Um, there's a boss... Um, I don't want to talk about it too quick. Let's, let's get through the... Let's get through Earth real quick and we'll mm -hmm. bounce around. So a lot of uh, the Earth stuff we said, the tumbleweed was where we basically... We are about to quit. Like, it was... It was like we fought the tumbleweed 15, 20, 25 times. Way too many. I was like, "This is insane! This like, I, I, this is this is absolute nonsense." We're constantly trading out our different rings. This is early in the game; we, we didn't have too many uh, different rings or different things. We we mentioned weapon mods. Both your 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 oh god, I can't talk. Both your sidearm and your main weapon can have weapon mods on them. Those range. There's there's too many of those to go over, but uh, the basic ones uh, I had were. Uh, increased critical chance over over an area I had on my rifle, and then there's a flame shot I had on my on my magnum for a long long time. But just you just activate mods and they they changes what the they activate and they do something like increased critical hit chance, or the fire shot was like shooting fire bullets for a limited amount of time. Yes, yeah, so it had like a healing aura that you the healing you could aura, pop the down. healing aura. That was, a, that was one way to kind of cheat, not cheat, but without using your healing potions. Your dragon hearts. Dragon hearts. Yeah, so we had different, and you're constantly swapping out. You tell me about the tumbleweed. We're just like swap out the mods. Try this combination. Try that combination. Try this. Try that. It was just, I don't even know how we ended up winning. Honestly, we 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 just had a, a good run finally where we ended up. Really, what happened was the boss stayed. Uh, I think it was the one where I was I was literally just killing his help, and the boss was like chasing you the entire time. I feel like it was the one one you won. It was just like yeah. constantly chasing you. And I was just, I had my rifle and I was just kind of popping off because my, his help does from, from my rifle's point of view, my rifle was killing his help in one hit. So I was able, but I'm, but I'm sitting there in the back watching a swarm of enemies just chase Blake across the map. And it was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, and I'm trying to kill him so we can, if we can kill the help, we can at least maybe try to hit the boss. And the good news, wait, a good news, bad news situation is he does have mods, mobs, ads, whatever you want to call them, constantly. So even if we lose, we might get a level up or two in the fight. Yeah, let's say that that does help. I'm not going to say that I'm like thankful for that by any means, because if I wanted I to I grind, I don't know if it ever made a difference, honestly. But it was nice to get the occasional level up, and well, I think it did help. It may have. Because I remember one boss we, 
we'll talk about that when we get to the DLC, but there's a boss that we beat after we died. Yeah, that was one time, though. The one time, but that, that was from level up. Because you're, you're, you're fire attack. Yeah, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah, so... uh we, we we gotta get through Earth. We, we we can't spend this amount of time on on each on each of the no. on each, each of the planets. Cause how many planets are there before yeah. DLC? Well, there's Earth and three others. Okay, so, but we'll, 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 I want to move on from Earth because here's where, where the game's gonna get is where they, where they abandon everything. Uh, from I forget I don't even remember why in the storyline why we end up jumping planets. But uh, Earth is being overtaken by the root, and you're like, cool, we're gonna be seeing cool root things cool root like a root dragon and you fight an ant which looks pretty cool which we actually fought the ant much later in adventure roles because yeah. he i think you either fight sins or you fight ant yeah you don't fight uh we fight one or the other they're the world they're the world bosses and ant would would be better known as tree thulu yeah he looked really freaking cool like the, yeah so i was like i was excited about that and sins looked cool the tumbleweed was obviously made of roots and everything you fight on earth is just made of trees like they they, they actually look pretty cool and then for who knows why, for the storyline, we uh, end up going, I forget how, is that, is that through the labyrinth we end up leaving Earth? Because you beat Singe and you speak to the Root Mother. And yeah. she tells you, she gives you a, a massive story dump of what the Root is because she was she had been connected to it for so long before she broke free. Yeah, she's the one actually that you, you save her and then she's the one who, she's the lady I talked about earlier who upgrades your dragon hearts. And from the root mother, she gives you because she has all the knowledge of the root because she was merged with it for so yeah, long. She's weird looking, like human and like Rudy at the same time. And then she gives you a bit of information on that there's more than one world, and you're like, what? And yeah. you have to go there to try to keep finding to look for Ford, Andrew yeah, Ford. Yeah, all you're all you're doing is looking for Ford the whole game. But with her ability. And you get like a key from fighting, I think, Singe or Int, and that unlocks the uh, the first world portal. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. After you beat Singe, then this dude called the Keeper comes out of nowhere, and he lands. Remember, Keeper. he he's that dude who sits on the throne. He's the one who runs the labyrinth, and he's. Dang, we, we talked to him one time, bro. Exactly, you talked to him one time. Yeah, forgot about forgot about him completely. Yeah, the keeper who run he he guard the guardian he guards the labyrinth. He's world. He's Earth's guardian or something. Or just whatever. Yeah, but you talked to him one. I forgot about him completely. You talked to him one time. But and then he gives us access to the labyrinth, and then inside the labyrinth is how we're able to teleport to other worlds. But even though we never have to go back to that, that's a little thing because you're supposed to go to the labyrinth to teleport. But once we have access to teleport from the area. To the planet, we can teleport it from any world crystal. So I think maybe the world crystals in the labyrinth are linked. The game just doesn't tell you, no. or they just let it be and yeah. didn't bother. So, but at that point, I think the the first place you go to next is the is that the desert planet? Yeah, uh, it's either pronounced Rome or Rom. Rom. R H O M. And um, we'll go over it real quick. I don't know any, what bosses are worth mentioning, but Rom is where we ending right at Rom. Well, completely abandoned at this point in the game and this point forward the game completely abandons the root yeah completely Com like you nobody's even talking about it anymore like it's like in on ROM you're fighting uh, natives I guess yeah and really you're fighting natives the rest of the game I guess the natives Na each, native each, species or native planet. monster you're fighting dudes wearing bones on their heads and shooting bows and arrows and stuff at you you're fighting people again you're fighting people which you would, which you were kind of fighting humanoid root 
on Earth, but now on this planet, you're just fighting the native people Legitimately now. Legitimately, like, people. Like, you're, like, busting their houses, smashing all their stuff, and murdering everybody. It's ba- like, it kind of, at a certain point, I, I told Blake at parts of the game, kind of feel like, uh, and then again in the DLC, I, like, I kind of feel like we're the bad guy. Yeah. Because we're, like, you're, from Earth, you're, like, Earth's destroyed, and you're fighting the root. And then from the, after that, every place you go to, you're literally busting in people's houses, smashing all their pots and stuff because there's money in pots. <laughs> uh, and then you're murdering everybody. It's literally what you're doing every, everywhere you go. They they do attack you first. They're, they're, you don't really get a chance to talk to anybody. Everyone does attack you first, so you're defending yourself. But, but you're in their homes and everything. Yeah, you're in their villages. You're in their homes. Yeah. So uh, the, de- the desert planet is a change of scenery. It was. Uh, well, I was quite disappointed when we switched to the desert planet. If I'm being honest, I was kind of liking the cityscape. It was the least impressive. Yeah, for certain. Uh, <clears throat> what's notable about the uh, desert planet? Because that's not where we fought our first. That so that that one boss that that stumped us. The that guy was in the was it was in the, the next one. And yeah, but in the n- <clears throat> none. None. Do, do we crush a lot of bosses in this one? I think I think Rom was one of the ones we had. We had our our best role, yeah. really, because we fought like. Because it's confusing now. Cause it's confusing because we re-rolled all these places and fought all the bosses. So it's it's a little hard to remember which bosses we fought on the first roll through Rom. I don't even remember what desert bosses what the desert bosses were. I, mean, I, I remember one of them, but we fought him on a re-roll, the Clavenger. Clevenger's a re-roll, yeah. But we were, the first thing we fought, I think, was something called the Harrow. The yeah, the Harrow. I don't remember. So you that, have to fight him before like, you. Like the desert place is kind of forgettable. Yeah, the only thing cool there is the uh, you get a, a massive story dump from this cool dude called the Undying King. Yeah, and you got your dog there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't want to bring that up. Yeah. My favorite weapon mod in the entire well. No, definitely the entire game. Yeah, actually, my two favorite weapon mods of the three of my three favorite weapon mods in the entire game, my top three. I got my secondary weapon, which is a boss weapon I got from beating Singe. Yes. Called the Spitfire. Yes. It was a an Uzi that shot heat bullets. It, submachine gun. Submachine maybe. gun. That shot uh, heat bullets that didn't catch on fire, but it dealt it dealt fire damage. Mm-hmm. And then it's actual mod effect. My well, we, we forget that boss weapons have built-in mods. Yeah, boss weapons you can, that you cannot change off. But his his alt fire was a, a flamethrower. Flamethrowers are normally not good in video games. Let's be honest. A lot of games have flamethrowers where they're not useful. This is like the most the most awesome flamethrower I've seen in a video game in a long time. It was beautiful. Yeah. Tanks do not like being on fire. <laughs> and then the other two I would swap out. One I would use in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I would take it into the boss. But if we didn't win the first time, I would switch to my second one. But my first favorite one, is you get... It's one of the events. It's a shopkeep on Rome. And you can completely miss it. Because he, he, he has a dog. And you can pet the dog. And it gives you a free mod. Which is the dog, the very, the very good boy. Yeah, it's called the Very Good Boy mod. And he deals like, I think he, his specs are, he comes for, uh, he comes for one minute. Yeah, but that, that changes depending on, because we don't put, like, as you level up your weapons, 
the mods you place on the weapons grow with the weapon. His damage did, his time never did. His time went up because of certain traits I had that, yeah. that uh, increased mod duration. Mm-hmm. So he would deal 80% damage of whatever gun he was equipped to. And he was a beautiful. Yeah, and he was incredibly strong. His AI was phenomenal because I could start in an area, and as long as there were enemies in front of me, some I couldn't even see, I would just hit the button, it hit the summon him, and he would just go. And then me and Drew would slowly start working our way through the village, and he had been killing all the baser enemies, and so we're just picking up stuff that he's killed. And you can hear him barking and wagging his tail and growling off in the distance, murdering folks. He was, he was, and and he stayed great throughout the entire game from that point forward. He was always a a incredible mod to have. We probably could have doubled down on him, but I figured just one one was probably enough. Because all the summon, because you get a couple of summons, a little couple of minion ads of your own, and they are. They're all pretty useful, but nothing was as great as the dog. Mm -hmm. Because it did this thing, because the dog got a full 60 seconds. And he did loads of damage. There's another one called Beacon that summons these little flying skulls, kind of like the ones from Doom. Mm -hmm. Then you you actually get, it's not the tumbleweed, but you get his little add-ons. You could summon two of those, but at most 30 seconds apiece. And then there was... Turrets. The turrets, yes, this is our my second favorite called the Iron Sentinel, and they, I love these because as I re rerolled my character and started creating this uh, crit build, this mm-hmm. crit character, where I always had like plus, I think it was plus eighty percent crit, crit chance, and yeah. then like plus seventy five percent crit damage or higher maybe, and then I had something else for weak spots, which will, those are those are iffy. Uh, is my turns were just rapid fire brrr, guns, but the crit but like crit chances applied to the turns. Yeah, my build applied to all my my including the dog and my turns, and it was amazing to see the amount of damage those little boys would pile up. Yeah, the only thing that was slightly sad about the sentinels, which makes sense, was they were non mobile. Yeah. So I could kind of post up in a corner and throw them down, or if oh, we were in a small room, we use we use the hell out of those things. Yes. Um, so you said you meet the uh, so we can get through Rom because it's not. I mean, Rom almost kind of boring. It's so, you, but you do meet planet. the Undying King there, and he gives you a finally a secondary quest that's not just. Of course, the Undying King does not give a crap who Ford is. He's got something else he wants you to do, which is go to this other other place. Which he gives you another, another portal. Mm-hmm. He sends you to an, another planet, and he wants you to fetch this heart of the of the world beast of the swamp guardian of the swamp of the swamp guardian's world beast. So you talk to the undying king. He gabs on for a while, and then you hop into a portal, and you're kind of you can roll Rom in the adventure, but Rom is the least satisfying place to to be in. I feel like it really was. And so as you for a world so boring, it had my. Two favorite mods, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and he opens a portal for you because I guess because you don't need to go to the labyrinth. I guess he's so powerful. He opens up a, a little world portal behind him. Yeah. And he takes you to Corsus. Corsus, which is hands down my least favorite. Our area. least favorite place to be in, and ironically, the home of the first DLC. So we, we can do both at the same time, I guess. A very, a very weak DLC. Let's be honest. Uh, Corsus is the swamp planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so visually, we're seeing new stuff, and you're running around in mucky, mucky water the whole time, but you're fighting 
more people. You're kicking and kicking in their doors and murdering, smashing all their pots and murdering all the people. Like insectoid looking people. Yeah. Random, random side note. Before we talk about anything, there's a uh, a special enemy, and it was called a Mothman. We called it a Mothman. We call. I'm not sure what it was, but we called it a Mothman because that's just kind of what it looked like. But if anyone is familiar with Guillermo del Toro's Mimic movie, mm-hmm. it was that. It looked exactly like that. It would post up either on the ceiling or like at the edge of a wall, quickly hiding around corners, and it would stand there and it, it would look like a person. And then the closer you got to it, it would roar and it could it would stun lock you with a roar, and then it would spread its wings and come flying at you. Yeah. But it was literally, I mean, it talked to the point like it held its. Um, dorsal claws or whatever they call it. it held them up and made a human looking face just yeah. like mimic and that was really awesome to see that just because yeah, cool. you know just go show it that everybody you loves fight you find so many of those things though you do they were um, still cool we didn't like the swamp for a, a number of reasons because uh we had got through we got pretty comfortable on earth where we weren't dying and we got pretty uh we just kind of we kind of wrecked rom a little bit i feel like Couple of these big beefy dudes that Rom had control, but we got the swamp courses, the swamps, and we were having a hard time. Even on the the general exploration, we were just getting like getting swamped yeah. <laughs> by uh, it, it appeared to be almost infinite enemies. Sometimes they the, the numbers, the sheer numbers of the swamps was just ridiculous. Well, we find out uh, enemies aren't infinite. Nowhere except for bosses. Except for in bosses, but on courses. The enemies were infinite unless you find this thing called a, um, I think it was like a maggot mage. Certain enemies were infinite, not all. But that, the one he was spawning was... Yeah, but I think that's why, because he could see us, but we couldn't see him. Yeah. And he was just constantly spawning one and twosies at a time. But if there, I think there was two or three of them, and it was just... Crazy. And it caused, the, and it caused you to be a little more... It was the only aggressive. time I felt rushed and I needed to be more aggressive with my exploration because yeah. I liked slowly rolling. We had, like, we, had a, we had a pretty decent, okay pace on the other two planets. Like, and you were running around like, where's he at? Where's it at? Where's it at? And then the dude with the hammer. Oh, yeah, that six-armed big, beetle man who chucked a hammer at, at you. your face. I never once managed to dodge that. I don't know what it was. He throws a hammer straight at you, and I never, I just took it to the it face so every resilient. time. It was so resilient. It was insane. And he's incredibly powerful, too. Because, uh, oh, we, well, I guess that's, that's an elite. We didn't mention... Yes, that's true. I did mention on on Earth there was bigger and smaller enemies. They do have elites, which are bigger enemies. Every 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 variant of people, every, every planet has a variant of normal grunts, and then the elites. Uh, he's one of the elites. He's bigger, harder to kill, and drops a uh, a more specific item called luminite crystals. And you- luminite crystals are the only way you can upgrade any boss weapon, mm-hmm. and you need luminite crystals as well as simulacrum. Yeah. To level up your dragon hearts. Yeah. So he's one of the uh, probably one of the one of the tougher elites, I would say. I even think the little the little locust mage, the ones that are spawning enemies. I think they're, they're easy. Te- they're technically uh, were they were they were they were they, 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 they dropping luminite? Mm-hmm. That's how you usually tell. Besides the fact of something really knocking the hell out of you, you can tell if it drops luminite. It was probably an elite. They they range from destroying you like the hammer guy to like being sneaky and causing trouble like the little parasite mage was doing. Yeah, the parasite mage sucked because you could kill his body mm-hmm. and his head would fall off. But if you didn't, big old, it only, big took old, like, big only took like one bullet. But if you didn't shoot it because you got swarmed by enemies, it would burrow underground and come back up attached to another 
the corks body. and keep going, and it was they yeah, it was were crazy. It's not they fun. were hands down my least favorite. Is that, that, doing that that whole map was just yeah, a nightmare. Corsus was hands down my least favorite. Mm-hmm. You do meet the uh, the queen of the swamps, the and Ishkai, Ishkai queen, and she wants. Now we'll say she's attached to the uh, DLC as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also wants the heart. Um, so what we ended up doing. Uh, we thought about rolling it twice, but then we find out you, she's in the DLC anyway. But she wants the heart as well, and we're gonna, we're going to talk about the boss that has the heart because that's one of the hardest bosses in the game for us. Um, when you get the heart, we'll come back to it. When you get the heart, uh, we decided because you can give it to her, or you can give it to the to the king. Uh, we actually kind of wanted to because she rewards you. They both reward you. They both reward you, but uh, I don't think she fights you in the base game. Mm-mm. So we wanted to kind of like get rewards from her and then kind of piss off the Undying King and go fight the Undying King, which, ironically, was probably the easiest boss in the game. Yeah, he really was, quite frankly, because it was just we, him and two other dudes, two yeah, of the two little guards. absolutely destroyed the Undying King. I think we had I think we had Blake's friend with us that night, Peter, yeah. was helping that night. But even regardless of the, the setup of that fight and him being called the Undying King, we just wrecked his freaking world and got other cool stuff from him, other items from him. I believe the correct term was uh, we bent him over the barrel and showed him the 50 states. That's not a saying. It is now. Uh, So that was crazy for that. And it's one of the only achievements. We we nearly 1K'd this game. Uh, More me, I'm just kind of sick of playing it. We'll talk about the other achievements we didn't get. The the other one of the other achievements involved us giving the heart to the king, which means us re-rolling the campaign and playing the entire campaign up to that point again mm-hmm. to get that other opposite achievement. But anyway, getting the heart late led us to a world boss. Now your world boss is random. You have one or two one of two world bosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, ridley enough, they took because because of the DLC. They took one of the DLC, we didn't even bought the DLC yet, but they took one of the DLC bosses and they patched him into the main main part of Corsus for free. And uh, Actually, I think every boss from the DLC, they put as a free patch that you could fight in Corsus. Really? As you're like running the adventure or something? Mm-hmm. Except, for, except for the queen herself, I guess. Except for the queen herself. Um, <clears throat> so I forget what his name was, but this he, is the he boss. He has that, two names. His actual name is the Barbed Terror, mm. but his slang name that people be call him online is the Needler. Yeah. Uh, this was after after the uh, tumbleweed. This was the second point in the game where we were we were pretty much we were going to quit. This was it. This was as far as the game goes for us. Uh, this is weird. Annoyingly enough, it's a, a it's one of one of the, I said count on one hand. He's the one boss who has no ads. Uh, he's completely stationary. He's built. He's like grown, growing or coming out of the wall. Mm-hmm. He's completely stationary, but his attacks are just—I don't know. He requires a level of gaming that uh, it took us an entire night. I don't think we'd be. Uh, that. It took we, us a couple of try. It took us like to the point we were done playing it, but we're like, all right. If we didn't beat him that night, we, we were, were giving done. up. We were done. It was it was to the we'd done it so many times we had put like three or four hours yeah, into playing month. that night, and then about two hours no, of fighting him. About that, about that many three, about about three hours of him of fighting him, and we're talking like load up at the bonfire, 
walk down a hallway and the course we, we mentioned the game has fog walls for bosses very dark souls but walking from like three three steps down a hallway walking through a fog wall so we're no, there's no travel time so we're really fighting this boss for like three hours yeah it uh, was he just he just he has a pattern i guess maybe it was just tired of fighting or tired of playing but eventually i mean blake beat this boss basically on his own I would die. I would die like almost immediately, probably, in the, as the fight would start. He would just destroy me. Because I, I, sp- I spent the majority of the game with a magnum and a shotgun and my hammer, mm-hmm. and using the very good boy. And it wasn't until this boss, and like to the point, like while we were dying, in between dying, I was watching and reading different strategies of how to beat the thing because it was we just couldn't, and we were trying so many different things. Mm-hmm. Ended up watching this video of a person using the Spitfire, which I didn't care for my first time trying it out. I was like, that's just a flamethrower. Man, by humbug. I don't care. And then watching this guy, you know, again, it's always humbling and annoying to watch somebody beat a boss that you struggle on for like two or three hours. And the video is four minutes, and you see him start well, the bonfire, walk in, and beat the boss. You're also, that's the dangerous thing about the internet. People forget about it, is you're watching. The his, perfect his run. perfect run that he spent six months getting. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I let's wa- be honest. <laughs> yeah, I watched him do it, and I was like, that seems like, because he was racking in the damage with the gun. So we, I, re, I didn't respec, but we went back to the home base, and I leveled up the Spitfire as far as I could. Yeah. And then we tried it again, and... We got it. It took us about. We did better than we'd ever done before. I say we. I mean, I, was, I, I told Blake because I. It just wasn't my boss. I'm telling you, I was just something about it was just. I just couldn't get around this boss. I don't know what it was, but I would die. And when you die, when you die, die all the way. You switch to where you're watching one of your friends play. It was just me and Blake playing. And I watch him play, and I'm watching him. I'm watching Blake game like he's never gamed before in his life. Like you, I wish we would have recorded some of this. He was too in the moment. He, you're talking about in the zone. I'm pretty sure he blacked out. You could have recorded it. I guess I could have recorded. In hindsight, hindsight's 2020. Nah. But I swear, like I've never, ever, especially in a, in a, in a shooter scene because Blake don't even really like shooters. Uh, but watching him fight this boss by him by himself as I lay dead in the corner with some of the some of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And he pretty much, I mean, I was just poking a little, what little damage I could do before I died each time. And this boss ended up being uh, Blake's victory more than anything. Cause not only was the boss super powerful, one of the main things, the reason he's called the needler and the barbed terror is the entire field is lined with these thorns that it has a very clear indicator that they're going to fire. Well, he, te- of, he telegraphs everything he does. Because a blue light shimmers behind him. And you have to dodge. But inst- but getting hit by one instantly gives you a thing called corrosion. Mm-hmm. And corrosion halves your armor. So if you that's get... It, that's if you even survive the attack. Exactly. So I was like... I, Because it makes it like a, a shimmering noise. Like you can hear it as well as see it. Mm-hmm. But the only problem is sometimes, guys. Like I mean, the whole room. The only space that isn't is the floor and the fog wall you came through. Mm-hmm. So you'll be facing him, and then the light will start behind you. Yes. So sometimes you have to you you hear it and blind dodge, and hope that you miss it. And it yeah. was just. Uh, and on top of that, what this game does too, which 
which we honestly had a little bit in uh, certain bosses in, Bl in Bloodborne. It wasn't from software game. Uh, what this game does a lot of times, and this boss was the uh, the worst factor of it, is that he literally never stops attacking. He 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 was yeah so aggressive, so aggro. Yeah, it's just crazy. Most bosses in games like this, you would feel like you know like attack, dodge, attack, dodge, attack, dodge. There's my opening. Attack, dodge, attack, dodge, opening. There's none of that. Or like because he has a one like humanoid hand and then a giant scythe. A giant, well, I guess mandible, claw, whatever, yeah. like Prey Mantis thing. Like, you would think eventually maybe he would swing it and it would get stuck in the ground and that would be your opportunity or... No. No, nothing. The he's, only he's time literally... he ever got tired was ha once you got his health bar to half, he kind of fell over and hunkered down. Once not in the fight, yeah. Other than that, uh, and we had this, and like I said, one of the bosses in Bloodborne, I forget his name. Don't be more specific. Uh, oh, the, Ludwig the... Uh, Ludwig and uh, Bloodborne were every single... It's one of these weird things we, I called it back then was all of his animations were an attack. He had, yeah. There's no walking animation for him, for Ludwig. But this boss didn't walk, but the boss didn't have any idle animations, no no animations that weren't attacks. Like breathing. I find that, or... yeah, I find that strange. That every every time the boss moved, you had to get out of the, out of the way. I find that to be too much and over overly aggressive. And I feel like a few other bosses throughout this game did it as well too. Most of the bosses are pretty mobile, so they walk around. You get a chance to, as they walk around, to get take a breath and heal yourself. This boss was just like, it was unreal. It's he's and it's one of the smaller not, he, areas to fight into. Not the smallest, but one of yeah, the smaller areas. He's not even the the worst boss in the game. <laughs> so we beat him. Moved on. Heart. No, he, he went in the heart. Zilius is the heart. That he was he wasn't even the heart. That's the he's the. Oh man, I thought he was the heart. Mm mm. Well, Zilius is the swamp beast who has the heart. Swamp guardian. I thought Zilius was the other place. Mm mm. It was the next map. Zilius was courses. Zilius beating him gave us the guardian heart. All right, so let's talk about the the worst boss in the entire game by a. We uh, think the needler sounds hard. Uh, uh, this boss is the hardest, one of the hardest, and uh, there's no, it's, it's there's no way around it. The develop is bad, bad design. It's the most unfair and ridiculous thing I've ever fought in a video game. And it was, if it wasn't for uh, Blake's buddy Peter, this Peter. is the one boss, the main boss. I think it's really the main boss. He helped us. He had the only really boss. I mean, he fought some other bosses with us before. We fought. He fought bosses we fought before. But this was the reason we got lucky. Blake had a friend who was playing the game. It was really just having an extra person there. I mean, bosses scale to you. Well, having an extra person, and he had a distinct strategy, and we spent a whole night, we spent two nights, we spent a whole night prepping, going to old areas and rolling them. Yeah. And that's how we got the assault rifle. That's where we got the iron sentinels. That's where we got a couple of things. Mm -hmm. And level ups along the way. And then I was able to upgrade the the assault rifle and try out the Iron Sentinels for the first time and sploosh. Yeah, this boss. Because I couldn't use the very good boy. Because this, because okay, I'll give you a demonstration of the area. So yeah, go ahead. I mean, you were on a uh, fairly narrow rope bridge that probably three people would stand abreast. I don't think it's a rope bridge. It's, it's a wooden bridge. Oh, no, there wasn't rope because you could fall off the edges. Yeah, you it was just a wooden so, bridge. So first of all, it's the, like one of the 
I said there's a handful of arenas you can fall off of. There's quite a, there's other arenas in the game you can fall off of. You can fall off the arena, instant death. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so most of this game is dodging because the boss appears and immediately attacks you, of course. The boss has multiple attacks, swiping attacks that you have to dodge. You can dodge right off the map or take a hit that's massive damage. It can chuck bombs at you. The bombs not only blow up, they leave an after effect of... Uh, Corrosion, corrosion on the map, cloud. but you got to avoid the corrosive cloud that does tons of damage to you. And what's great about corrosion, corrosion damage thing is if the boss knocks one of your people down, he seems to always throw a bomb on top of that person. So then you can't go pick that person up because you can't pick them up because of the constant corrosion damage. Mm -hmm. And then because the boss fight isn't enough by itself, it'll it constantly summons help. These little like will o wisps, will o wisps things that destroy you. That home in on you. Home in you absolutely destroy you. You can hard. kill them with a single bullet, a single shot, or even a single melee attack. Yeah. But when there's like 50 of them on screen, I'm maybe 15 or 20 probably. About 20, yeah. But so, so this boss is already insane. There's already 12 ways it can kill you. You get his bar, bar you get his health bar down like 75 percent. 75 percent. An exact copy. Of the boss with all its same attacks, a second copy appears behind you. Yep. Doubling every all the chaos you're dealing with. Doubling all the chaos you're dealing with. On top of that, when yeah. the second one comes in, this is like the make or break point of the fight. If you don't get this, the fight's over with. But they do it like they start charging up this primal scream that's going to stun lock you, and just like the little Mothman thing does. Because if the Mothman didn't hurt you, it just stun-locked you. Yeah, this thing kills you. It stun-locks you and hurts you for like five seconds straight, and it's a huge chunk of damage. Oh, if both of them managed to... Because you got to stop one of them, if not both. We, we, I, don't know, I don't know if we managed to stop both we did, of them. We, we, that's how our, our winning fight, we managed to stop both of them. Yeah, if you don't stop both of them from screaming, the it's, fight's done. Yeah, if anyone survives, you, there's no way... No way off, I mean, I'll tell you how many times I just jumped off the freaking bridge. I was like, nope, whoop, off the mm -hmm. bridge. And then, so then they start both doing both the attacks, and then they both have that new scream attack, and then they both have this new laser beam thing they do that that hits the covers the a whole section of the bridge. Like you can get out of the way. About yeah, about dodging force. It covers a, covers a fourth of the bridge. Yeah, so they have that too. <laughs> Luckily, they never. I don't think they ever fired them at the same time. But yeah. you were dodging wisps. And then a giant laser beam, and you're like, "Oh crap, the wisps!" Well, and you dodge off the bridge, and you don't. You, you get so focused on the one in front of you, forget about the one behind you, and vice versa. It's, it, a, it's so bad, like it's so badly designed. Like the, there's just, it's like every boss in the game would have maybe been just hard enough, or sometimes too hard. That boss was already too hard on its on its own, honestly. Talk about difficulty-wise. I mean, we did beat it eventually, but too hard. And, like, it's like the developers took every boss that was, like, either already too hard or on the cusp of being too hard and went too far. I every but every every single boss, they went too far. I do want to say one thing. We didn't talk about this earlier, but I'm going to talk about it right now. Beating, beating his name's uh, Zilius. Beating Zilius, you get a particular weapon mod. But... Every, almost every world boss has an alt oh, kill. Yeah, the alt kill. Has yeah. an alt kill. That in this one, it's not even an alt kill. But if you can kill 
the Zilius and his clone within five seconds of one another. Which within did, five seconds, did, we did, we did, we did it gives you something different. It doesn't give you the same mod. It gives you an entirely different mod. Yeah. And then and, um, two fairly easy examples is Singe and the Int back mm -hmm. on Earth. Singe, if you can blow his tail up, just focus all your damage on his tail until it explodes off. Cool fire sword. And then you can kill him. Then you get a cool fire sword. But if you just kill him normally, you get the Spitfire. Mm-hmm. I recommend the Spitfire first. The, Spitfire, the, the, the Fire Sword looks really cool, but it's nowhere in the ballpark as useful as the Spitfire. And with the Int, he has... Blow his leg off. If you blow his leg off, just focus all your damage on one of his legs. It slows him down, and it gives you a, a hammer that gives, like, Petrify or something the enemies, like, Rot, Root Rot or something. One of the Rots, yeah. But if you kill him normally, you get like a, a grenade launcher, I think. The spore something. Spore something, yeah. yeah. Spore so, bloomer or yeah. something. Spore bloom, maybe. Which we never use. I don't like grenade launchers. But uh, so all the world bosses, I think almost all the world bosses. I think every, yeah. The world bosses are way less because there's a total of four worlds you go to. And so, so there's really up. only eight world bosses, two world bosses per area that's a chance to fight. Yeah, so we finish. We got this. Uh, so as, as of course, this, the, the deal, what the DLC does, the, the very weak DLC, is you, uh, a lot it, of it's the same maps. Like you, 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 you roll the same maps and it drops new items in there and a couple of new bosses. And but you the, get all the bosses yeah. were a free patch. The yeah. only thing that it really adds mm -hmm. is you get a chance to actually fight the Ishkal Queen. Which we actually honestly didn't do. We didn't do. We rolled an adventure and got bored. And then the other thing that it introduces, it introduces survival mode. And I think you're paying for survival mode. Basically, is what the DLC is. And we didn't do survival at all. It just sounded very unappealing. I just, just like, yeah. I don't want to... Most of the... There's like... The, 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 you, the survival achievements were like beat five bosses in a row and beat ten bosses in a row. And I was like, we're lucky if we can beat one boss and not die. Because what it does is it starts you on whatever planet you choose survival mode will start you on whatever planet you choose earth rome uh yesha or courses we'll get to yesha here in a minute and you start with a pistol and that's it <laughs> and you just have to build your stuff together and fight the boss you fight the boss you lose you start back over with the pistol mm -hmm. and it's just i i no thanks yeah i don't like survival modes in general and i don't that did not sound appealing. That might appease some other people who really like a challenge. People love it, I'm sure. So that's and then, and then I said, and the main thing it gives you the Ishkal Queen boss fight, which we didn't even we didn't even get to. No, we got tired of running Corsus maps, and it was just like we're, we're over this because Corsus was hands down my least favorite area. And yeah. then they gave us DLC, and they, no, yeah, the I'm, swamps of Corsus. I'm cool. Which I thought was a weird thing to do with DLC, anyway. So we'll move on, we'll move on to the last. Uh, it's the last main game planet, right? Yes, this is, this will be the last one. Mm -hmm. This is the jungle planet, Yasha. Yeah. What you know? You know what you're doing here? Killing locals and taking their stuff. <laughs> Killing locals and taking all their stuff. It's really the whole the whole point of this game. I feel like is rampaging people's houses and taking their stuff and killing all the innocents. But Whether they attack you, but yeah. 
It's you know it's it's standard stuff. You fight a humanoids and they have arrows or axes, and you fight the big version that might throw a hammer at you or. Not, not, brief not, there's not a hammer guy here. There is a the lightning mages. Yeah, the lightning mages. Which are really easy. You just shoot them in the head. There's little little like little Drake things that shoot light. This is the lightning area, so they little lightning mages. We're nowhere near as bad as hammer throwing crazy dudes. Mm -mm. Um, this, did this place have the purple guy that teleported? Was that crazy looking spiky purple guy? Was that here? Or was that in Rom? I was that was in the um, brain work. He was the elite when going through the ruins of Rom. Yeah, there's a purple guy that looks like a Hellraiser. Dude. He, it was like a a Cenobite meets a Big Daddy. Yeah, he was crazy. He was, he he was actually really cool. Like really the cool. noise and stuff he made was. Yeah. I will say, every enemy you fight, elite, normal, minion, boss, they all look amazing. They all look. I still wish really cool. I wish everything was. I wish everything was. I wish they would have really just dug deep in the root and made yeah. the whole game about the root, though. So, I mean, but we fight, you fight lots of cool things, and all the bosses look cool and different in different ways. But uh, what uh, stands out for the, what's this last planet called? Yesha. Yesha. What stands out in Yesha? I'm trying to think of its um, jungle environments. I'm trying to think of what, what, what are the bosses there. The, I know the, the two world bosses. The Totem is, Father is, and the Pan Wolf. The Pan Wolf, yeah. Which The Pan Wolf is kind of a joke. After after the totem father, let me take a, just a quick scroll through the bosses. Okay, you had the pan wolf. Yeah, is there anything anything, anything really got stuck on there? That's the only thing I want to talk about before moving. When on. the totem father was well, that's, that's, a, that's a world that's a world boss. So, so you don't think anything else? Was? No, because you had like the 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 blink thief. Remember that dude who, and then you had uh, some other like. There's tons of games and tons. Of, as we talk about these big bosses we're talking about, we're leaving out the other ten small bosses that you that are randomly generated, where you only fight two or three of them each time you roll the. the yeah, world. so we're, the world bosses seem to be the ones we're going to really spend our time on. But the totem father was obnoxious, anyway. and the pan wolf. Pan wolf was a joke compared to the totem father. I think the pan wolf was a joke. Yeah, and the, there's a, there's a cool thing. There's a it's a, a, a an achievement tied to it, but you can only do it in single player. Ironically, the achievement isn't tied to that. That's just the one. That's just the boss fight people use. Yeah. There's an achievement for in single player, beating a boss without getting hit. And you can. It's before. It's right before the boss fight. There are these bells. The bells are inside the, the pan wolf fight, or inside the pan room. Pan wolf. Oh, remember you saw them? They're in there. Yeah. But the, as long as you shoot the bells before you fight, the wolf's hiding in the cave. You didn't see the cave, I guess, because I, yeah. I activated the boss. The wolf's hiding in a cave. Okay. But, but the bells are around the map. You activate these bells. You shoot them, you know, one bullet a bell, and you, sh you shoot them in a certain order, and it's the theme song or the theme music for the boss fight. And it makes the boss... We're sure there's some buried storyline there that we didn't need to It makes know. the boss non-aggressive. He yeah. comes out and he speaks to you. Yeah. And he was, and he'll give you. And if you beat him that way, not only do you get you get a special trait for beating him that way, you get a special weapon for beating him that way, as opposed to just murking him. And the achievement if you're in the single player. Yeah. People talked about all about that, but using that boss. Uh, otherwise, you're like us. You just fight him because we we wanted the achievement of killing him. Yeah. Uh, he's him. We had to we had to re-roll Yasha and come back. come back because initially adventure. initially we fought the Totem Father. Oh my God. The Totem Father was. Uh, awful, awful. We spent a whole night on it, but I never got more mad than I did with Zilius or the. Zilius was the worst, but Totem uh, Father was close, mind you. But he wasn't. He wasn't nowhere near compared. He's not top three. Top three are Tumbleweed, 
number three, Barb two, and Zilius number one. Mm-hmm. Father just hops around. He's just a kind of a jungle-looking dude. Not even really, a, not even really. He's like a, a giant monkey. He has a tail, so he's a monkey, not an ape. He's like a monkey something. Yeah. But he's called a totem father because every every now and then he'll throw down a totem, which rings. You can destroy the totem, but as the totems are there, guess what he's doing? Constantly summoning add-ons. The entire time. You're getting swarmed by freaking enemies the entire game. Like I mean, it's the whole fight, the whole game is just swarming you. Now, his alt kill is slightly different. Yeah, it's dumb. He has a switch at the very beginning of the fight. A totem. That, yeah, a totem that's red on one side, blue on the other. You shoot it and make it spin, either or. Depending on which color is facing forward, his fighting style didn't... It said it did, but it, I didn't notice a change in his fighting style. The main thing I noticed is, is the mobs that he summoned in go from being sword and axe wielders to being bow and slingshot users. Yeah, we, thought, range, melee we fought the melee guys for a long time. We're like, oh, God, let's try the... Let's switch the totem and try the range. That was a mistake. That was abysmal. Yeah, so we we switched them back to melee fighters. Uh, and this fight this is another boss fight that took us an entire night, probably. And, and really, the boss fight is only hard because you're constantly swarmed. None of their bosses can look like they can stand on their own as, yeah. as, as a boss fight that's challenging on its own and inter- interesting to fight in any kind of way. There, there are very few but I think, the barbed. The barbed terror stood on its own. It was cheap as hell. And I'm trying to think. I think that's the only one. Because there was, you know, Tumbleweed, Gorefist, the Clavenger. Yeah. There's only there was one cool guy called the 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 Root Nightmare or the Hollow Nightmare, and he was his own mods. The more you shot him, yeah, he split himself him, in half. He was cool. He was cool, but uh. The poor guy, like his 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 own ability was his was his own downfall because he split into multiple enemies, like multiple versions of himself, but they all shared his life bar. Mm-hmm. So we just just gunned the poor guy into the ground, which was the exact opposite opposite of that one that made illusions of itself. And all it took was one hit to make the illusion go away, but it was obnoxious. Yeah, because he summoned so many. Not only did he summon so many, is sometimes he would summon so many, and then he would fly above you, and you had, and you would just go around shooting all the clones for no reason, because yeah. you're so focused on not dying, you don't really get a chance to look up to see him floating in midair. Yes, yeah, too much, too dumb. Yeah, and that, that, that was that's one that's one of the side bosses. That was he was he was the the big boy version of the elite, the purple elite. Yeah, purple guy. Uh, Total Father is not worth talking about too much. I mean, you just you just he just hops around on these things and throws his totems down and. He tries to kick you every now and then. He's not. A, he's kind of, kind of a, honestly obnoxious but boring. Yeah. If he uh, didn't have the mod, the the add-ons, he'd be a little baby. Yeah. So I didn't like him at all. He's the, the least entertaining of all the. Well, I say entertaining, but he's just the crappiest of the world bosses. Uh, I guess eventually, at some point, you do find good old Ford somewhere just buried, like, buried in a prison here on 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 Yasha. Yeah. He's just sitting. hanging out in a prison cell. Yeah. No, no explanation, no nothing. You just take him back to the, the thing, and there's some weird exposition, some story dump, and you're, you're like, go downstairs in Ward 13 and fight the last boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the dreamer. Yeah. Of uh, we don't want to, we don't want to spoil the details because figuring figuring out how to fight this boss is part of the boss. But of all the struggles we had through the game, this boss is a joke. The final boss was probably the easiest boss in the entire game, quite frankly. Honestly. 
we got to a point because there's a certain thing or certain thing you have to do to kill him otherwise the boss kind of loops kind of forever Me. and we got to a point where we're just like we did kind of we kind of didn't know we didn't know exactly what we were doing but we're just staying alive because the boss is so easy he's atta- has, he has one, one attack, attack. <laughs> he has one yeah one attack and we're like i was like dude i was like we're gonna be here forever like we need to just die real quick so you can just like look this up and eventually figure out what, what to do and what to do is even easier than than everything else they're just like wow this boss is an absolute joke yeah and once we once we knew what to do we j- just buried him in the freaking ground it was ridiculous he was looks cool i can't believe the boss had one attack I mean, don't get me wrong. If that attack hit you, it was game over. Like it did so much damage, it killed you. Yeah, there was no being it's telegraphed, and, uh, and you just roll it's out. It's very of the way. slow moving. moving, and you just get out of the way. Like, and so it doesn't track. He shoots it in that direction. You just get he, out of the way. Yeah, like that he was, was a properly designed boss. Yeah, maybe, maybe I, mean, I don't know, but it's so easy, ridiculous. But and it was you, the last one of the game. Yeah, so they, beat, they finally got it right at the end. <laughs> so you beat that, and you get whatever, whatever story nonsense there is i don't who knows what we won we beat the root kind of i guess uh there's just stories too obscure to worry about so we so we'll 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 end it here on the uh the uh, the, uh, the the final the second and i guess final dlc since they moved on to chronos uh this one actually continue quote unquote continues the story yeah it's uh, it's the epilogue yeah of the story which is the the only thing that's a little scary about it is if you're comfortable in your campaign you can't be, because the only way to access the subject twenty nine twenty three is you have to re-roll your campaign to get access to it. To get access to Which it, which is dumb because you just access it through a menu. Exactly, but regardless, it adds not a whole lot. You get like one world boss and about four or five dungeon bosses. Yeah, as well as like two events that don't have a boss in them at all. They're just like a crazy waves. Yeah, of enemies. First thing it does though is it has some cutscenes trying to explain though we're not done with the route yet, and you end up going to another. Uh, well, I guess the farm is kind of a new a newer map. You're back on Earth for a minute. You're back on Earth, uh, fighting. I guess are you fighting? You're fighting the route. You're fighting again. the route in this little farm map. The Martin the farm map's okay. It's it's finally nice to see, see something mm. back on Earth again. I guess the farm yeah. is okay. You work it's like your, rural earth with like farm equipment and fields. Yeah, so you kind of work your way through the farm and you work your way to another ward. This part, so boring. Yeah, it was ward prime. And all you're doing is, like, I guess it's quote unquote a puzzle. You're just kind of working your way through the facility. There's not even that much fighting, honestly. There's none. There is no fighting. There's, in the beginning, before you go down into the ward, oh, there's yeah. that fight right there. There's that fighting, and then when you get down in, into into Ward Prime, there's no combat. You're just running around. It's like go flip this switch, open this door to get this key card, open this door well, to flip that it, switch, to open that door. We made it easier being co-op because there's a switch that kind of like switches what dimension you're in, type thing, like yeah. shadow dimension versus the wheel dimension. And in the real world, there's this enemy that walks around that just kind of ghostly doesn't do anything. But when you switch to the nightmare realm. It's literally an enemy that can't die. You shoot it and it falls over and, gets back and it pulls itself back together. So what, you're, what you're trying to do is there's these doors that are locked behind these, they call them root doors, I guess, or root obstructions. Obstructions, and yeah. And you, you, only, you only break those doors in the in the alternate dimension. So Blake would go, I would go stand at the door, Blake would go hit to the little switchy orby magic thing, touch that, 
when the when the enemies weren't weren't near me, now just gun that root thing until it popped. When that popped, you 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 kind of pop back into your own dimension, and the enemy doesn't bother. We didn't even fight the enemies. We tried we fought them one, one time. time. Like, oh crap! It gets back up. We, <laughs> and so we figured that out. But once you figure that out, man, you're in there for a long time, just running around that freaking facility. Maybe there's there's stuff to read all over the place. You're supposed to get lots of story in there. But the idea, and you're in there for so long. Uh, we spent, uh, I think, almost a whole night in there. Just like. Yeah. Because you like, go over here and you unlock a door that you get a key that lunges you to the other side of the facility, which gets you a key, which makes you go all the way back to that first and, area and to getting, another locked door. See, no fighting, there's no experience, there's no items, you're not getting anything. We got like a few trinkets and we got there's that armor room. set and some luminite crystals and some simulacrum. I guess. Got that, the basically rocks armor <laughs> that's so heavy you don't roll, you just body slam on the ground. Yeah, armor we never even use really. But it's uh, so wickedly boring, but it all culminates in activating another world crystal, which is where I, where I guess the meat of the DLC is. The, uh, you go to a planet called uh, Rasum. Yeah, which is the ice planet. So finally we're seeing something completely... You, you do finally see something completely different from the main game. So this isn't a DLC that it's just re, re-rolling the main game. You actually go to, go to an ice planet. And the cool, the cool and sad thing about this... Wait, wait. But what's the main thing you do on this ice planet? Oh yeah, the main thing we do on this ice planet is uh, kill natives and steal their things. <laughs> Exactly. The natives are these... Almost immediately. They're these uh, anthropomorphized rat... Not anthropomorphized, because they're more rat... They're uh, bipedal rat, like were-rats. Big old old rat people. Yeah. Yeah, we're kicking in the doors, breaking their stuff, murdering their families. And taking what's ours, or what is now ours. Yeah. Because finders keepers, losers dead. It's like America, the video game. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. Kind of. Oh, my goodness. Uh... Anyway, continue. A couple of bosses here. Uh, there's a few. We didn't fight all of them. We fought this uh, jackal that was kind of obnoxious. Is that the one talking about the, the track you with the jumping? That the one you mentioned earlier. No, that was the warden. Remember, he would jump in the air and he would do his ground pound to send out that shock wave. That was the warden with the two shields. Yeah, he would jump up, and not only that, not only did he was he do that, uh, he had tracking. And he would hit the ground, and he had ads, which would explode and break the ice. Which which involved pitfalls that which were instant death, or is that, is that, that that's two guy? separate bosses. Two separate bosses. The, the, the jackal is the one who would do that. The jackal had the uh, had the the explosive things that would uh, rats really big ass rats wearing explosives. And they would run at you and explode. But this is the only place in the part of the DLC where they would blow the ground out from under them. Yeah, they, All of a sudden, we're blowing the ground out from under us. But this is the boss. This jackal. It's the this the, the hunter. I think it was called. And he had three giant icebergs, the one that you fought him on, and then he had two off in the distance where he would jump to and then hurl giant ice chunks or snowballs at you. That's the same boss. Yeah. That's, that's one of the explosive rats. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah okay. I'm explaining that. Okay. I, I thought you jumped bosses he, again. No, no, because he had other stuff going on. I just wanted yeah. to say. That you, that yeah, just while he's chucking stuff at you, the, rat, the exploding rats are running at you as you're dodging his big snowballs, which, oh, new status effect. Freezing, which makes you where you can't hardly move. It has your, it has everything: speed, your reload speed, your shoot speed, your moving speed, your dodge speed, so you and your rate at which you regain. So stamina. the snowball, the snow, big snowballs do damage. They freeze you, so you need to dodge them, dodge the explosive because the explosions of the rats can kill you, 
And then when they explode, they break the ground. When falling in the ground, it's instant death. And all around you, the edge of the iceberg is all instant death. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. This is the boss I spoke about earlier because of my beloved Iron Sentinels and my beloved Spitfire. My Spitfire with a flamethrower mod catches it on fire. I can do up to three stacks. And depending on how, my, how, how, how I had my character built is I can make status effect duration last longer. Mm-hmm. And though this is a fight where Drew died, and he's like, come pick me up, come pick me up. Oh, don't bother, I'm dead. And then I was already rolling to Drew, and the thing came down and hit me at the exact same time a rat exploded and blew the floor out from under me. But I was unloading onto him, unloading on him with my flamethrower. I died, and it said, you're dead. And we spawned back at our rock? And we spawned back at our bonfire? We, with, with the victory? <laughs> yeah, we spawned back at, our, at the bonfire, and it was, uh, the only options were, go to the exit, and here's the item. Well, no, we loaded back, and it was like, quest complete. We got our experience. Yeah. We got our item. I was like, oh, crap. I killed him only time that ever, Only time that ever worked, yeah. I was like, good, because I was sick of that freaking boss. And then... The one that was okay, that could the, the one we didn't we did struggle on, was the guy who was riding another... That's the, that was the world boss. That's the that, world was the, boss? that was supposed to be the hardest boss in the air. That was the world boss. Uh, he was, he was, he, I wouldn't say he was a joke, because he was dangerous. But uh, He I was very... People are similar, familiar with uh, Dark Souls. He's very uh, Smaug and Ornstein. Except, except, that, except they didn't ride each other. I mean, they may have. They were some... Eh, I'm sure... They didn't ride each other. They just fought you at the same time. Yeah, I know. But whenever you beat one, the other one would charge up and get faster and stronger. That's how this was. Yeah. And, it was pretty, and he also, of course, they had no ads. He didn't have any ads, no, no extra enemies, but he was able to, like... Blow do up. a war call, whatever he did, and some people you can't see would just like shoot arrows off of the because you're in an arena for that yeah. one, and they would just like shoot arrows at you. But they were easily the dodged. Yeah, you dodge arrows. Like, so least... He was a fun fight, in all it honesty, was, it was actually okay. Yeah. He really was. Yeah, him, and we killed the he, we we killed his. Uh, so his his two things is either kill him first or kill the his mount. So we killed the mount first. I forget what we got. We killed the mount first. Uh, we got his awesome chain lightning sword. I think. Did we? Chain sword, maybe. Yeah, I don't think I used it because I was still using the the fire sword. This looks so cool. Yeah, you know, looks before usefulness. And then there's some cool stuff that gives a little bit about the hollow and other worlds and the particularly uh, subject twenty nine twenty three. I'm not gonna say who that is, yeah. but that's kind of cool. Figure they're important for like the defeating the root, I guess. Um, the maps are boring. It's just, it reuses, like, I don't think they developed enough maps. It looks uh, like they reuse a bit of, like, Yasha, but they changed the trees to, like, pine trees and added snow. Yeah, some of it seems to kind of like it re- they rehash a lot of the same. So it's kind of really boring running around, except for that one part where you're out on the huge iceberg fighting the whole rat village, and that, that place sucked. That was awful. Yeah, so that was a long arduous fight where we end up dying and you had to, you had to like Dark Souls and you die you gotta redo the whole area over again because you're thinking back alive so that sucked um what this really culminates in is a uh a final final boss yeah the root harbinger or something yeah I think that's what it's called which as of the recording of this episode we have not beat yet yeah because it does uh it's a two tiered fight uh, that does not checkpoint on the second tier, and it is a 
hell of a fight just to get past the first tier. Yeah. Uh, and then if you die, if you die, which you can die pretty quickly on the second one, if you can survive the first part and get to the second part, it's whatever. And we'd managed to get to the second part one time. And I told Blake, it's like, if we die on this part and it doesn't start us back on this fight, I'm not doing this. I'm not refighting that first fight a thousand times just to get to this final part a couple of times. And then keep failing. It's just like, it's too, too much. It takes too, the first part of that fight takes way too long. Wait, way, way too long. He has so many attacks, and he's so dangerous. I don't know. It's something we talked about. We might try to go. We might try to rope Peter into helping us. At yeah, least, I've at least asked my it. my buddy Peter, and he hadn't played the DLC yet. He was working through because he's the type of guy who likes to get all the weapons and everything. So he was trying to get everything he could out of courses. the courses DLC before he jumped into this one. So yeah. in like a week or so, I'm hoping maybe he'll be on it. We can try to give it a go because I would like I would like to beat it. Whether by my own help, you know, or having other people help me, but I would like to at least beat the game. We we beat the main game. Yeah, I feel pretty good about the main game because we don't know nobody beat. We beat the main game. We beat everything. Yeah, I mean that we did. Yeah, we're like two a two two or three achievements shy of a one of a one k. Honestly, there's rerolling the whole campaign and giving the uh, Undying King the Guardian Heart. Yeah. Collecting like what five hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, which, which, which I'm, I'm, I'm almost have that. Likewise, and then uh, well, the, you have to do that one. Collect all the audio logs. That's DLC. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, beat the boss. Beat the beat, boss. Beat the pan wolf without, without fighting it. You know. So yeah. that's doable. I mean, it's possibly doable. We played a lot of Remnant though over the past couple We've of paid weeks. About, uh, 50, 60 hours worth somewhere yeah. in there. That's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stress in there too, and I think the game's probably only tracking. You say 50, 60 hours. It's probably not. I don't know if that's counting the two or three hours spent dying. Is it? Is it all tracked in there? It might be. I don't know. Because for a long time, it only said I was playing for 45 minutes. My, my screen still says 45 minutes. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, One of the cool things. Um, oh, do you have any closing thoughts? I'm about to, I'm about to ask you if you wanted to. We could, we could wrap it up there. We're, we're at a pretty good time. So. Okay. I had two things I kind of wanted to briefly roll over. Yeah. The game was very successful. Uh, it, it sold over a million copies, and it took less than a year. It sold very well. That's crazy because uh, we—I uh, know we, we we're, you hear from, hear from us a lot now—but Remnant's on Game Pass right now, so yeah. we didn't we didn't pay a dime. Now we did, however, not feel bad because well, not, not, not that's the wrong. I'm, I'm wording this out of order, but we actually pay, uh, we didn't pay for Remnant because it's on Game Pass, but we did buy both the Corsus DLC and the Subject deal whatever it's called dlc we did go ahead and buy the two dlcs to support the company but we got kind of lucky i had some leftover microsoft dollars yeah and so i only because i paid two two for the price of one yeah i think each dlc is like nine bucks 8.99 9.99 i think but uh you we have the the game pass has a 10 percent discount for dlc oh, so we had a 10 percent discount for having game pass and then i had I used Microsoft Rewards and had got two $5 gift cards, one on each of them. Yeah. So I ended up only spending like, it was less than $5 a piece. So. But that, that company still gets that little, that, that little yeah. pinch of money to help them get Kronos done. On top of it having sold a million copies, over, over a million copies. It didn't give me the time frame like sometimes, but it said that it had sold over a million copies and they were excited. Yeah, for sure. The other cool thing is. Other than the prologue, you have to go through the prologue completely by yourself. But unlike other Souls and 
games and stuff like that where you have either a time limit or like you can only go up to the boss and oh, then, yeah. you mean you're about how the co-op's full co-op yeah from as soon as you get to ward 13 ward 13 and you activate the world crystal and you make it to earth as soon as you do that I think you pulled me in I think you pulled me in world, world, world 13 I think as soon as you activate the world crystal because you can't yeah. do anything until you get the world crystal but as soon as you activate the world crystal you can play up to three players the entire game yeah nothing you can go everywhere in the game mm-hmm. for up to three players and I think that's actually really cool they did the co-op amazingly right, right. did the co-op right yeah and how they how they managed it is the world itself didn't get any harder like it may have spawned a few extra enemies here there but there wasn't a huge uptick in difficulty in the world however in the dungeon bosses and world bosses i think that's may have been our they're upscaled they were upscaled to have more health do more you know and have many many more mods mobs ads whatever but that is a cool thing. If you're looking for a fairly different... I don't, don't want to say fairly... I, I do recommend people play this game. It is a f- good game. But just know you are going to struggle. And have a core group of people that are going to help you with it. Yeah. And I'm sure the whole game is... Obviously the game's playable, do- doable on solo. I'm sure there's there's guys who've... Look on YouTube. There's a guy who's ran the whole game probably didn't get hit Using one time. a Guitar Hero guitar controller yeah, or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> One-handed guitar playthrough. I just don't tell, but I, I I think it's I think it's a better co-op experience. Obviously, we like good co-op games. Mm-hmm. This was a nice surprise for us. Something we just I kind of just saw on on Game Pass. I was like, man, we could try this. Yeah, turned into a whole turned into a whole thing for us. That I and I was frustrated a good chunk yeah. of it for every time we fought a boss. But walking around and exploring was very fun. Yeah, very fun. It. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, anything else? Mm-mm. Yeah, so it's on Game Pass right now. I don't know what it costs normally. It's I think it's on sale all the time. You can get a deluxe edition, of course, which comes with both of the both of the DLCs, uh, which are sort of courses. Now it's actually maybe it's okay to go ahead and if you're going to play it and you end up liking it, like play the first to Earth and stuff like that. If you think you're going to like it, I would maybe go ahead and buy the courses DLC before you go to courses because it just shuffles all the stuff into that map. Well, that and courses itself adds uh world pickups like the purple items into yeah, it every them, map scatters them yeah but it's just rings and necklaces no i don't think it adds any extra weapons other than beating the world bosses yeah and so the dungeon bosses maybe about that uh all right well here uh, on the end we'll do a, a band real quick I'm, i'll make this quick because the time's getting up there a little bit we mentioned before every now and then spotify well it's rare spotify will point me out, out a band that i actually end up kind of liking a little bit the last time was uh, blinking, blinking. Anticlone. Anti anticlone. Anticlone. It's an awesome band, which I'm not even sure. I'm, unfortunately, I don't even know if they're still even doing anything right now. Um, anyway, so uh, we stumbled upon. I think me and Blake stumbled upon this band at the same time. Yeah. On our uh, new release radar, it's a band called uh, Sorted Pink. So apparently, it's really just uh, two people. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think when they to, when they do shows, it's a whole band. Yeah. But the main thing is uh, actually a guy I've, I've actually know, known before called David Maxim Micknick. Micknick? How do you say his last name? Uh, he does mostly all the instrumental work and writes all the music, it seems like. And then there's a singer, uh, Alec Sandra. spelled weird. I, I said it weird. It's Alexandra uh, Jelmash, I guess. It's, it's, it's 
D J E L. So I guess it's I'm assuming the, the, the D the silent. D might probably. be silent, like in Jomash. Uh, she's actually the kind of the little bit of the standout for vocals there. Uh, I don't actually like female singers ninety five percent of the time. Like I really like. Uh, I haven't I haven't played one here yet, but I do really like Lacuna Coil. Christina Scabby is wonderful. I haven't played her yet. I haven't played. Uh, Butcher Babies? Are they I don't okay? know about the god. They're, no, not, no. they're not noteworthy. There's another one I can't think off the top of my head. Uh, a, a straight Line Stitch. I haven't oh, played them um, here yet. Alexis Brown. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. She's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I just don't... A lot of time... And we did Maria Brink earlier on. We did Maria Brink. Now, I feel like this person right here probably puts uh, modern Maria Brink to shame. I feel like I was, was going to mention that. like In a world where... We can't have really have any, have any faith in what Maria Brink's going to be doing. This girl might be stepping it up a little bit. Of course, she's been around for a while. I, I actually didn't know when I was looking at getting the song I'm, I'm going to play here. I stumbled upon that they have had a previous band, and Sorted Pink is really just the same band under a different moniker. Their original band they put out one album under the band title uh, Destiny Potato, <laughs> and you can YouTube a lot of their uh, earlier stuff. It's actually a little more more metal and rocky back then. Like well, more gent is the genre. Yeah, uh, is what Destiny Potato kind of did. So they're more rocky than a uh, a lot of uh, Sorted Pink. The song I'm gonna play for Sorted Pink is probably their more rockiest bad. songs. Yeah, uh, she she kind of does, and I don't I'm not the biggest fan. She does lean into some some poppy stuff sometimes. This album's kind of uh, all over the place a little bit. Yeah. I think it's just them messing around. Honestly, I feel like they've had these songs. Because when I looked up, when I looked them on YouTube, they had uh, Destiny Potato like playing some of these old, some of these songs, but like five years ago. Oh, oh, yeah. They so were they, just a little more metal, maybe. It's sort of the same songs. So I oh. think they've just, I think they've been working together for a long time under one band moniker or another, and uh, these they've been around for a long time. It's kind of we, we're, we're late to the party on these on these people. I, mean, I heard about David Maxim Micknick a long. A uh, long time ago, uh, forget how, maybe through Spotify, or maybe even back through uh, the Pandora days. The first time of his stuff, he's stuff mostly instrumental with a few guest singers. He's mostly instruments and stuff like that. Or he plays everything, as far as I know. Um, but we stumbled upon them uh, and got pretty pretty attached. I mean, I, I, I like them quite a bit. The song we're going to play, uh, I almost wanted to play one of the softer ones, but that, that's out, out of theme. For, like I like Drive. The drive's not bad. I like drive. It's definitely one of the softer. Uh, I say softer. It's just catchy as all heck. Like I, it's just, that, that song is just catchy as crap. But uh, soft doesn't. Uh, it's not what this podcast is about. So we're gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play their most rocky, the, the, the rocky, more metal song that they have on this album. Um, and with the song, I'm gonna have to. Uh, the song is gonna put the explicit tag on our podcast because the song's called "F You." Uh, so you know, she says it. She goes. It's more of an angrier song, so she gets she gets into it a couple of times. Uh, anything else you want to say about the band? Uh, like they're new for us, and I yeah, really this, hope that I think they just put out this album. Sorted, like, Sorted Pink is new in October. Yeah, like the album is out. Like the granted the songs may be old to them, but like for the album itself is October. Yeah, so the, we just came across them and. I'm enjoying them, and I hope they they stay around. I hope they yeah. I hope they get the recognition that they deserve. And I hope that I wouldn't mind. Uh, should you post a link of that uh, the Destiny Potato that 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 video of you can see her do those crazy awesome screams and growls? Yeah, post that link somewhere. I probably if I can find it again, I have to find the name of that. Song. I think I might. Hopefully, I didn't delete it, but I might have it in my text messages. But you can find both the uh, you can find both the new Sorted Pink album is on Spotify. How do you spell that Sorted? 
S O R D I D. Okay. Pink. Sorted. Sorted pink. And then, uh, of course, Destiny Potato has one album on Spotify from like 2014, mm-hmm. which I haven't listened to all of it yet. But I, but I, I watched them like the other day. I watched them play the couple of songs live in Euro Blast. I'm like, Really 2014 or, or something. Yeah, some years ago. It was pretty cool. And then Alexandra uh, Jomash, however you say her name, she does have a solo album of kind of just herself, but apparently David has done music on that for her too. And I listened to that. That's a uh, solo EP she put out a couple couple of while back. So if you really like her, you can find her kind of all over the place. That EP is just under it's just under her last name, uh, Jomash. I don't know how you say her name. Would you spell it? Uh, D... J E L M A S H Jomash, it's foreign not. of course, uh, but the 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 EP is just heard that name and uh, under oh, that name it's pretty cool. I listen. To, I listen. To, it's it's if you like her, it's good. I'll probably put all three under the same playlist or something. Sorted pink, dusty potato, and her. All this, all smash it all together. Yeah, probably super, super playlist. Uh, but they're pretty cool. I've, I've been joining them quite a bit. They're a little off on what I normally listen to. Because of the poppy side of her nature, sometimes like she's not afraid. Like Dusty Potato is definitely the metal side of what she does. Uh, Sorted Pink seems to be a mix, and then her solo, though there is some rock in her solo album, her EP, uh, that seems to lean more towards her uh, poppy side. But she's kind of she goes one one end of the spectrum to the other on what she can do uh, vocally, and I just enjoy her quite a bit. And the music's obviously not bad. You'll know as soon as this. As soon as this song starts, kind of what you're getting into. But uh, you got anything else? I think I'm good. All right. Well, all I want to say, man, is F you. And I want to wish you a good evening and good night, sir.
would say goodbye and then came back. And every time you told me lies, what the fuck was that? For everything you put me through, believe me when I say it's true. I hate you!